helping students and healthcare professionals not just survive, but thrive with a purpose. This is the CMDA Student Pulse Podcast with your host, Bill Reichart, National Director of CMDA Campus Ministries. Well, welcome to another episode of CMDA's Student Pulse Podcast. I'm Bill Reichert, National Director for Campus and Community Ministries here at CMDA. And I am real excited and privileged to have Roger Mackin as our guest on the podcast. Roger, welcome. Well, thank you, Bill. I'm, I'm excited about being here. <laughs> now, well, I'm glad you are. I, I, maybe I'm more excited because when I started CMDA 14 years ago, one, one of the names I had heard is Roger Mackin and the work and the impact that uh, you had in San Antonio and continue to through, through the relationships, discipleship. And here's the unfortunate part, though, Roger. We have not really ever met. We have not had the privilege of having I, a conversation like this. I've heard really good things about you, too. <laughs> All right. Well, in in the course of discussion, in the course of our conversation, I think people are going to discover a little bit more about your bio and, and, and where you come from. And I think it's going to speak into the conversation we're going to have on discipleship because you've just written a book. You've taken the years of experience, uh, the things that God has shown you, the ways that you've applied it, and you've put it in a book called Putting It All Together. And although we can't do a deep dive on every particular aspect, of course, we want to encourage people to, to go ahead and, and purchase a copy. We do want to kind of touch on some of the aspects that you unpack there in the book through your experience, through the opportunities you've had in the lives of other healthcare professionals, especially uh, young men coming through uh, medical school. So let's... Um, Let's just kind of talk about a little bit of your background. Um, how did you come to Christ? What's your What's your spiritual journey a little bit? A fairly typical Baptist kid. You uh-huh. know, made a passionate phrase when I was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Live a typical family in Del Rio, Texas. My life be, really began to change and, and during my senior year of high school. And then when I went off to Texas A&M as a freshman, I met people at A&M. They were really, really serious about their walk with Christ. I never met anyone like that. One of them was a navigator, uh, a guy named uh, Bill Gibbs. And he was a guy that he, he was the leader of the small group of navs there at AM. And I, I was part of it for a while. But I'll never forget one of the things he said it because it carried into my ministry with students. He says, if you play a man's game, men will come to play. He was talking about the Christian life and Christian discipleship and the the brand of Christianity that I'd been exposed to as a Baptist kid. You wouldn't call it a man's game. To be in the youth group, you had to be in the youth choir. I'm not a, I'm not a music guy. <laughs> it didn't appeal to me. <laughs> anyway, that's a small thing, but it, it meant a lot to me. And I was determined once the Lord gave me an opportunity to do student ministry in Texas Baptist Student Ministries, that I was going to play a man's game, and it wasn't going to be a woman's, primarily a, a, a female operation. We were going to have 50-50 at least, mm-hmm. men and women. So I tried to, with the Lord's help, to craft a ministry that would be attractive to young men mm-hmm. and, and challenge them as uh, followers of Christ. So 
That all started at AM. Uh, and uh, so I, that's where I wanted to kind of go next is about your call. You cert- so you had, a, you had a sense of call for this ministry. You pivoted on something that you had thought you'd be doing, and now you're finding yourself in seminary. You, you go through that. And then where do you land after that? I mean, in general, I know you probably had a lot of intermediate steps, but, I mean, you land in student ministry of some type. I was involved in Baptist Student Union. I had made a choice between that and NAVS, and I was on their leadership team. And uh, I was a summer missionary in the summer of 1966. That's when I met my wife. But the, the deal is there was a man named Chet Reams. He was associate state director. And, and Chet and I just hit it off. And when I was a senior at AM, <laughs> Chet Reams told me, he said, Roger, if you ever want a job in BSU, give me a call. <laughs> I was a senior in college, had never been to seminary. But Chet believed in me and uh, loved me. And I, uh, he died a tragic death uh, during his tour, tour as the state Baptist City Union director. But I'd have to say Chet Reams is the one that gave me the opportunity to be a, a BSU director. And that's where I, I did that for 25 years before I started into CMDA. So. What prompted you to make that transition to move into the lives of, of young uh, healthcare professionals uh, in during their training years. What was it about CMDA? Was it an uh, it was an opportunity that I imagine opened itself up? But was there something uniquely about working with healthcare professionals that attracted you? Well, see, the reality was I was the Baptist Student Dir- Union Director at the University of Texas at San Antonio and the UT Health Science Center. So for 18 years, I had a ministry. It was a denom- denominational ministry. It just happened to be the only ministry at the Health Science Center for all those years. I already knew a bunch of medical, and I knew all those people. Okay. I didn't have a broad range of relationships with MDs and DDSs, but I did have a lot of students. And so... Frankly, I'd been doing BSU work for 25 years. I was ready for a change of scenery. And a guy named Brooks Good Good Game. I don't know if you ever heard of Brooks. I, I've met him. Uh, we He's in Atlanta now. We've had a chance to get yeah. to know each other. Oh, anyway, when, when Brooks came, to, he was a regional director. Mm-hmm. And I asked him one, on one of his trips, where do you stay? And he said, oh, I've got a motel. I said, you don't need to stay in a motel. Come stay with us. <laughs> so we, we began a friendship. And on, on one of his trips, he showed up with a job description. He said, uh, Roger, this is a pilot program, and we're, we're wanting to start. We're wanting to see if it's possible to have a locally funded uh, ministry and uh, in, in, in one city. And at the top, it said Houston Area CMDA Director. I said, Brooks, I'm ready for a change. I believe I can do the job but we're not moving to Houston. I had just bought a ranch in South Texas. My wife had just gotten a job as a school principal. I said, if you want to scratch out San to- Houston and write in San Antonio, I'm your man. <laughs> that was a providential uh, discussion because um, what happened in San Antonio, and I'll just let the listeners know or the viewers know that don't know, you know, San Antonio, you're right, it was a pilot opportunity. It was a unique opportunity that CMDA had not really ventured into. And so you were taking a big step of faith. But, I, you know, what we would argue, arguably say now is that uh, the chapter it's, uh, in San Antonio is really our flagship chapter. It is is one of the most, it's the oldest, most mature. And we've seen so much fruit come out of that. It, individuals who have been deeply impacted by the ministry there that have gone on to the residency, to their professional career all throughout the U.S. So it has been a, a big sending 
uh, a ministry, and it has uh, flourished and grown under your leadership and subsequent leadership, and the leadership of the local physicians and and uh, dentists and and so forth. It's it's. Yeah, it's quite amazing uh, testimony. And that's a story unto itself. Uh, we could talk a lot about that. So let's, well, first of all, even before we get further too, you've mentioned your wife, Melva. You know, we don't do ministry, us men don't ministry apart from the, the support of our wives coming alongside. They share in our vocation. So how long have you all been married? 55 years. We met as summer missionaries in Flagstaff, Arizona. She's from Kentucky, Louisville, Kentucky, and I'm from... Yeah. Texas, Texas, and we met in we met in Arizona, and, and uh, it was almost love at first conversation. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and she's been my partner in life and in ministry, and and I and I her. She, she she's a professional educator, mm-hmm. has done everything from elementary, high school. She's been a principal for mm-hmm. twenty two years, retired. I tried to be a support to her and. She's been more than a support to me in my ministry. Um, my students love hers. It was always Roger and Mel. It's always been that. <laughs> well, let me talk about the work in ministry you've been you've been doing uh, over these many years. You could do ministry in a lot of different ways, but you sought to really make the key central impact by discipleship, by investing life on life in the lives of the of the individuals that come through UT, particularly the men. Why is discipleship so important, Roger? Just just help us understand why why is discipleship in light of all the things you can do and, and all the busyness that ministry can involve, what's the importance of discipleship? Let me give an example out of my BSU background, which informed everything I did in CMDA. We had executive council student leaders, and I, on any given year, I would have 20, 20 plus student leaders because I had three campuses in Fort Worth, and I had leadership teams at each. One of the things, privileges that we had to be as you director, every week we sit down with, indivi- with each individual student and talked about the Lord and about whatever they were doing in the BSU, but mostly their discipleship model. It was my privilege to sit down every week and talk to those 15, 20 young kids that were active Christians, eager to grow. And I had to have something to say to them. (laughs) And so you might say this book's been written, has been being written over all those decades because it's in the context of that one, those one-on-one you know, all discipleship ultimately is one-on-one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get right down to it. So I, uh, I always considered it a great privilege to do that mm-hmm. every week. But now that didn't carry into the medical. And, you know, they didn't have the same availability as undergrads. But uh, uh, I made it a point. Uh, it's always a relational ministry. Mm-hmm. For 33 years, we had medical and dental students on, in our home on Tuesday night for supper and Bible study and relationships. And I always divided them up into small groups, and I always just got in a group, uh, and I mixed it up. Well, I mean, that's that's the power of discipleship. It is it is built around relationship. And, and, so, and what I'm, I'm interested in for the hearers and the watchers of our conversation to know that the, the point of entry, the bar of entry is not very high. It It is being willing, faithful, and in just engaging in people's lives. And like what you suggest is, you know, you brought people into your house, the, the power of hospitality. Uh, one of the, I, you know, I was, I was doing a little Googling before we talked just to, you know, make sure I had some of your bio, make sure you know, I had everything I needed. And I came across this 
quote from Barry Moek. Do you know Barry? Moke. 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 He says, perhaps my greatest spiritual mentor was Roger Mackin, Baptist Student Union Director at the University of Texas Health Science Center in San Antonio. The Bible studies, now every medical student will always say this, the Bible studies with food, food is most important, right? (laughs) At his and Melva's house, again, this is the importance of our spouses. Uh, she was a partner in this with you. Gave me insight into scripture I never had before and a desire to know more than just the words. Yeah. So I know in this book you talk a lot about the, the particulars that need to be addressed, the things that are, are fundamental to make sure discipleship is complete. It's fully orbed. It's, it's well-rounded. And I wanted to touch on some of these as well. Just give you a chance, Roger, to speak into them. Um, okay. This one quote that you say, you talk about really fundamental, I think at the hub, is, is the Christian of, of having a relationship with God, isn't it? And you say, a Christian is not simply someone affiliated with a particular religion at the very heart of it, a Christian is somebody who has a personal relationship with the living God. It's that simple. It's that complicated. So how is it that simple? And then at the same time, how is it that complicated? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, that's the great message of Christianity. That's that's what Jesus died for, Hmm. that we might know him, you know, and, 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 Know him, commit our lives to him, mm-hmm. have a relationship with him. It's it's it is that simple. Mm-hmm. But to say that it's it's something that it's it's easy conceptually, mm-hmm. but it's it's hard in terms of practice because there's there's a lot of discipline involved. I mean, mm-hmm. if you want to what difficulties all that, just read the life of the Apostle Paul. I'm in Acts right now in my personal Bible study, and I'm I'm amazed at the at the suffering that that man. You know, I will look forward to shaking his hand, giving him a big hug someday, because I can't think of anywhere that suffered more mm. for the gospel than the Apostle Paul, other than the Lord himself. Mm. So it's serious business, but it's, it's just such a great privilege to know the Lord and to have a relationship with him and 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 uh, experience his comfort, but his also his guidance and his strength during tough times. and. And we all have tough times, and that's that's when it's hard sometimes when when life kind of falls apart. Part and I've had my share. Melvin, I've had our our share of that mm-hmm. over the years. The Word of God, the Bible. Explain, just talk a little bit, because you you have a discipleship model in this book, and you mentioned many different components. Where does the Word of God fit into the discipleship? Um, process or the the model here as 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 you define it why is the word essential and fundamental in this endeavor to disciple others because it is the word of god mm-hmm. that that's why it's essential it's the written record of the life of jesus mm-hmm. and the growth of the church and the birth of the church from whence we come mm-hmm. and apart from scripture there would be no basis for actually knowing that you mm-hmm. The scripture is inspired by God, mm-hmm. intended for us. And that's the, the, the person that you are coming alongside and discipling. You want that to be part of their life. You want them to be hungry for the word. And the word does the convicting, doesn't it? I mean, if we rely on our own personal preferences or opinions, it's going to fall short. Rather, we need to allow the word to do the convicting to uh, help a person understand what does it mean to become a Christ follower, a faithful Christ follower. And uh, so we, yeah, go ahead. 
Well, see, I, I've never heard of the NAVs introduced me to the idea of scripture memory, you know, the little cards right. with the, and so I, I learned that from them when I was a freshman. So yes, as after A&M and after seminary and got my first job in Baptist student ministry, when I, when I would meet the little students, one of the things that we did together was scripture memory, mm-hmm. where you're not going to ask them to do something that you're not doing concurrently. Right. And so we shared the verses that we were learning with those students individually all the time. Mm-hmm. And the scriptures that you memorize are the ones that really take seed in your heart. And I don't, I don't remember everything I've ever memorized. Don't get me wrong. Right. <laughs> but there are some verses you never forget. Yeah. And some passages that, that they, they're so deeply rooted in your personhood that they just never disappeared. They're always there. They're always present. And, it replaces just casual reading of the scripture. Mm. And the other thing for me, I never did this. the scripture as I experienced it as a teenager. It was it was hodgepodge. Mm-hmm. You know, Sunday school in, in Baptist life is, is a verse here and a verse there, and this chapter here and this book there, and it never made much sense to me until I, I didn't read the whole New Testament straight through until I was a freshman in college. Because nobody ever told me I should. Roger, what what was your intent for this book? I know you said this book started writing itself as soon as you've been, you know, doing ministry and and investing in discipleship. But when you put it all together and you've put it out there in print and you're making it available, what what's your intent? What are you hoping that uh, this book will uh, will accomplish? What, what what what's your goal? It's gonna it's gonna take a hungry heart. Mm-hmm. Because this is a book about doing something with your spiritual life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying this is the only way to do it, but this is a good way of doing it. Mm-hmm. And in the sense of the things that I'm espousing there, whether it's my the scripture memory stuff or the, the a pattern of reading the Bible, mm-hmm. but the whole concept of, of servanthood and evangelism being hand in hand, being a servant, being an evangelist, but this book is all about being a disciple and doing Christianity in a serious way. It takes work mm-hmm. to be a fruitful Christian. And it takes a lot. It's no different. Again, going back to those guys you read about in the New Testament, if you think their life was easy, mm-hmm. you're wrong. Yeah, this is, uh, this is a tremendous encouragement for those who want to be a, a growing, maturing disciple of our Lord Jesus. I think there's the flip side though I'd like for you to speak into a little bit, Roger, before we end our conversation is, you know, in these moments we need a, you know, as a Timothy needs a, a Paul, we, these, you know, these students need somebody to help walk them through, walk through with them these, these ideas, concepts, understanding what does it mean to be a, a, a committed, faithful follower of Christ. How do we encourage, how would you encourage individuals to step into the gap, uh, to, you know, to, to make that investment, to not just, uh, to not allow uh, uh, these opportunities where they can pour their lives into the lives of, of, of younger uh, men and women to, uh, you know, to go un, unaddressed. What would you say to them? You're saying the, the mentors themselves. The mentors themselves, yeah. And that could be older students mentoring younger students, or it could be CMA staff or whoever mentoring students. Well, again, it's going to happen in a relational context Mm -hmm. before you can be a part of someone's discipleship 
there got to be there has to be a relationship. I needed uh, folks to hear that this is uh, the the barrier of entry to these opportunities is not so high. It is it is a um, is an opportunity predicated on relationship and 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 just in in spending time and doing life together. And the, I remember an old article uh, I don't know if it was Navigators or University called the Ministry of Hanging Out. <laughs> it, it's 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 it, and that and of course it becomes more than that. It's it's not just all that, but it is a it is it's the glue that kind of brings it together. And uh, like you said, you know, it's a, people want to like each other. They they, they want to be able to uh, and you doing things that you like makes it a nat a natural opportunity and doorway. So it doesn't have to seem awkward or or, or weird. It, no, it can be it, it can it's be natural. it's natural. It's natural. And that's, and that's what's being. That's what being led by the Holy Spirit is all about. Mm. Ought to be one of your prayers every day. Lord, guide my thinking, guide my doing. Open, right. you know, make me help me make the best use of my time today. That's where the reality of a living relationship with the Lord is. That mm. if you ask Him, He will lead you. Mm. He will open doors for you, and then you'll be willing to walk in them. You don't really have to create all this on your own. That's what the Holy Spirit's all about. Mm. The indwelling presence of God, you know, my favorite verse right now is John 14, 23. If a man loves me, he will obey my word and my father and I will love him and we will make our home in him. That's that's an amazing promise. Mm -hmm. And I believe that. And so if the living God is living in me, then guess what? He's going to guide me if I have an if I have a humble heart that's willing to be led. It'll happen Mm. (laughs) every time. Uh, I love it. Preach it. <laughs> I love it, Roger. <laughs> I, no, that's 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 what discipleship is, is. Is is it's an overflow of your own deep abiding walk with the Lord. God's teaching you. You're walking in the power of the Spirit. You're listening to Him. You're hearing from Him and His Word. You don't manufacture this. It becomes an overflow of of what you're doing already in the Lord. And so um, that's. that's Absolutely. That's, that's great. Well, this whole topic just excites me. I'm, I, and I don't just mean in, in theory because, you know, my story was I came to Christ through Campus Crusade uh, when I was a college student, and it was discipleship, Roger. It was, it was an individual coming alongside myself, helping me grow in my faith, yeah. helping me understand what this looks like and, and, and how, how it is to be lived out. It shaped who I was. It shaped my career and my, my, my life trajectory. It was, uh, it was, it was foundational. And, um, and of course, the Second Timothy two two. You know what has been done for us, we do for others. We we it, it is a it is. I, I can imagine the the men that you've poured yourself into are pouring their lives into the lives of other men too. So it becomes a multiplication sure, impact. So. Yeah, I I think it does. I I hope it does too. This has been a joy and delight, Roger. It's been uh, I, I shouldn't have allowed 14, 14 plus years to go by and not have this opportunity to to have these kind of conversations. But uh, thank you for taking the time to do this. And uh, so much for the privilege, Bill, I appreciate it. Sure. And someday we'll get to meet each other face to face, I hope. I hope so too, <laughs> I hope so. Well, thank you again, Roger. And we're gonna put a link in the show notes for the book, so if people want to get that, it's easy. You get it from Amazon and it'll be available for sale there as well, so. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Roger, thank you. God bless. Uh- Well, this is the part of the podcast where we tell you some things you need to know. 
First of all, on all of our podcasts, we encourage you to visit our website, studentpulsepodcast.com, where you can get the show notes and oftentimes the links we've mentioned with our guests, you can find there. And that information is available on every podcast. But some things you need to know is, first of all, we'd like to have you check out our Student Life app. It's on the App Store or through Google Play. And this is the one-stop shop for the information that you need to have. We have, of course, our podcasts on the Student app. We have uh, group studies, Bible studies that you can do personally or use in small groups or large group meetings at your campus chapter. Also, we have Faith Prescriptions. Now, Faith Prescriptions is a 20-plus curriculum video series that is available on the CMBA website, but we've made available just on the app the top five what we think are student applicable and relevant episodes that are available to you and your local student chapter. So check that out on the app as well. Also, as always, want you to check out our socials at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're there, and that is a place where you can get the most current information and the things that are important for you. And, of course, we share a lot of pictures, and you can see the kind of events that are happening all through CMDA. One of the things that's coming up is GMHC, Global Missions Health Conference, and that is in Louisville, Kentucky, in early November. You can go to medicalmissions.com to get all the information, but we put that information on our socials. We put it also, we put announcements on the app. So any of those locations, you can get the information that you need to know. As always, we're grateful that you're listening to CMDA Student Pulse Podcast, and we look forward to talking to you next time. Take care. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. CMDA's Student Pulse Podcast is a production of the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. The opinions expressed by guests on this podcast are not necessarily endorsed by the organization. CMDA is non-partisan and does not endorse political parties or candidates for public office. The views expressed on Student Pulse podcast reflect judgments regarding principles and values held by CMDA and its members.